Welcome back to another episode of Unconventional Ways. Today we'll be talking with Noah Black about Black and queer experiences as they apply to BDSM and kink. Uh, a little bit about Nova. Nova has been kinky for at least 10 years, only recently able to engage in BDSM in the past four years or so. Uh, Nova's pronouns are they, them, and they identify as a primal and sadistic daddy dom who enjoys impact play. Um, they could be considered a soft dom at times, and they enjoy building dynamics with people they play with. So without further ado, welcome, Nova. Thank you for doing this today. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Trying to trying to get our stories out here. Yeah. So what was your introduction to BDSM and kink? Um, you know, that's a hard question to answer, honestly. It's <laughs> and some ex- to some extent, I've really been interested in it for a long, long time. Uh, I think my interest was really piqued when I was watching like um, uh, kink.com. A lot of the scenes that I saw on there uh, really got my interest. Um, but I've always kind of been, in, as, as long as I can remember sexually, I've been interested in, in kink and uh, learned more and more about it and really enjoyed learning about the different dynamics and things like that that were possible through it. So what from from looking at those sites, I know you mentioned King, King.com, was yeah. something there um was something particular in a certain genre under that that kind of got your attention more than just the general things? Um not just from the website. Honestly, uh I just as I was going through um my divorce, uh, my first girlfriend out of my marriage. Uh, introduced me to, we went to a dungeon, um, and the first one she took me to was a queer night in which I saw a lot of people doing impact play. Um, at the time, I was more focused on, like, the sexual side of things. I wasn't sure that there was anything that I could, I mean, when I saw people doing impact, it, it was fun to watch, but I didn't think, I literally thought to myself, no, I couldn't. I could never do that. <laughs> um, turns out that it's my one of my favorite types of uh, kink play to do, BDSM play to do. So um, not necessarily from the sites to answer your question, but like, you know, as I was experiencing things, you know, firsthand, I became more uh, aware of things that I wanted to explore. Um, there's a few things that I, I want to explore still uh, that I haven't been able to yet, but Definitely impact is a big thing. Um, doming is a big thing for me. Um, and the way, you know, that I handle it is a lot different than, than I've noticed a lot of people do, but I, I enjoy doing that too. We'll get into it in a moment. I want to lean back to um, the queer um, statement. So you identify as queer. Right. Can you tell those listening more about what queer, queer is to you and how that's impacted your life, um, especially so you came out of a marriage, you went to a dungeon and had a queer night. Was that, was the queer night kind of revelation or was it something before then and you kind of been able to be more of yourself in this lifestyle? Um, just a bit more about that if you can. Oh yeah, sure. Um, at that time, I didn't identify as queer to be honest with you. Um, 
that identif my identifying as queer is kind of a relative, uh, rel relatively, that's a word, uh, decent thing for me, I'd say, in the past three or so years where I've really um, kind of stepped into being identified as such. Um, but for me, queer is kind of the term I use because it's easier <laughs> to explain to people that as opposed to going, you know, into depth about, you know, my identities and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, because I, I identify as non-binary. Um, I don't um, find the need to, I mean, my generally right now, like my, my gender presentation could be considered mask, though I don't really put a whole lot of emphasis on that really in my life. Um, I don't really dress androgynous androgynously um or anything like that but uh, when it comes to queer i mean i am you know attracted just about i can be attracted to just about anybody of any gender or of any gender presentation you know as long as i feel like there's a connection there um i don't i mean i feel like queer is more than just of course sexual orientation or gender presentation um I feel like queer uh, really does apply to me and other aspects of my life. I'm just a bit of a weirdo uh, <laughs> all the time. Um, so for me, it's just like being outside of whatever is considered to be the norm is important to me um, or just how I live my life um, in, in, in almost every aspect. So, um, when do you kind of have to explain this to friends and family that you're queer or and how how they started taking this or kind of addressing you about the topic um, um i know a lot of people within the lgbtqi community don't have they some have good support some don't um within their family and, and friends outside of the community that they built um so just want to hear your um like how things have been going for you in this aspect. Yeah, sure. Um, the thing is, I don't really have much contact with my uh, biological family um, for other reasons outside of queerness. Um, but I just, and most of my friends uh, and partners that I have are um, to some extent queer. Most of, I don't think I have, I don't have any, you know, really people in my life, particularly, um, and those that, that are, are, are aware of, you know, my life and what I do and my lifestyle and things like that. So, um, I haven't had any, I haven't had much trouble, uh, with that at all. Um, do they know, they notice you're queer and yeah. or just that you're queer? They know that I'm queer and kinky. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. And, um, so how does um, being Black, queer, and in kink kind of intersect for you personally? And um, have you had like any issues on any anything with the racial aspect of it or anti-queer aspect? Because um, I've, you know, I've heard a lot of people talking uh, about not um, want to engage with 
masculine presenting queer folks or it might be some type of phobia towards that so just kind of want to get your experience um being black and queer in kink yeah um it can be a little lonely uh, for for starters it's not and again i wouldn't say i mean i am not intentionally presenting as max do you know what i mean i you know, I have the clothes that I have, I wear what I have, you know, kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I would wear different stuff or, or do different things if I had more you know, money to invest into that, but I don't. So it is what it, it is in that respect. But, you know, when people look at me and I've got, you know, my big beard and I've got my deep voice and, you know, you know, five, ten and a quarter, <laughs> uh, you know, so, you know, people instantly put the idea of, you know, be, me being a, male uh you know that's what people need from me but um it's not really the case and also the idea i find that in a lot of spaces that are intended for people that are queer or non-binary um they tend to focus more on people assigned female at birth as opposed to people assigned male at birth and uh, especially also in black communities, especially in kink, um, it's a, it's not often that people consider non-binary people as as an option. Um, and when I when I say option, you know, I mean in conversations about the differences in black community and kink and BDSM. Um, you really have to work very hard to find spaces where the thought of non-binary Black people is even addressed. Um, so yeah, so it can be a little bit lonely in that respect. And again, also because of the way people perceive me. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's difficult because also on top of all the, in, in addition to the way that generally I have experienced black community when it comes to being non-binary, the expectations of non-binary also uh, kind of rear uh, rear their heads too, because again, people expect a non-binary person to present as um, androgynous or femme light or anything like that. And if you don't, then like you were saying, it seems like people don't trust you. Uh, it seems like people believe that you're just trying to take up that space, um, which is never, never, obviously for me, it's never the case. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. I'm, I'm literally looking for the same things that other folks are. Well, I'm locally like in your area, is there, like a space that you can actually do this, be yourself comfortably, or is it kind of, or you have to kind of build yourself a, a community in a sense? Yeah, it has to be built um, prior to the, prior to you know COVID and quarantine and all that stuff. I was putting effort into trying to build that community, and um, I plan to get back to it soon, but. Yeah, there, there aren't many spaces um, 
in my area that are built, I won't say none, but there are very few spaces that are built for queer black people and also, you know, and uh, other people of the global majority um, to feel, you know, safer in. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a difficult thing to to find. Um, but yeah, there's no, there, there's not much. I won't. I'm not. There's not much in the way of spaces for uh, for queer folks, for queer folks, or you know, and then again with the added feature of being a black person or you know other you know people other than white so um you said in these spaces though have there been have there been has there been like an uptick in, in um black or bipoc queer munches or kickbacks or even some type of play party or event since um the pandemic started because i know i interviewed a few other folks and they were saying that they've seen more uh, increase in black and bipoc centered munches and events that's solely for black or bipoc king practitioners um but someone did say that there was a limited space for queer or lgbtqia community mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, there are, like I said before, I'm not going to say there aren't any. Um, I just want to, and, and again, since the pandemic, I'm just, I'm, I'm very, very careful anyways uh, with hanging out or, you know, doing things in public anyhow. So um, I do know there are at least a couple munches. Uh, they aren't particularly close to where I am. I mean, if I went to them, it'd be an hour or so drive. Um and again, that's you know that's from my my view. I, I it's very possible I could have missed a thing or two, but uh, from what I've seen, yeah, there are a few, there are a couple out there, um, but it's nowhere near. I mean, in in this area, you know, there there are so many munches. Um, you know, every every city, <laughs> pretty much almost in the metropolitan areas around here, have a, a munch. Um, and I'm not saying that those are exclusive of, you know, uh, people, not white people, but also they are not centered on not white people either. Um, so that, I mean, that's the start, right? Uh, I, I mean, I used to go to one munch, again, that was all before the, the pandemic really hit on a pretty regular basis. And, um, you know that's kind of fallen off a little bit. So, yeah, um, it's not as it's not nearly as accessible as I would say that um, other t other munches are. Sounds like there's like some space, or at least some opportunities for people to kind of start some things up um but let's segue into some of the identities you had as well so you identify as a primal sadistic daddy dom you said some soft dom at times um can you tell us about your primal side or your primal predator primal prey and what's appealing about primal play to you um 
I identify as primal in the in the aspect that I find that the way that I play uh, in BDSM and the way that I engage when I'm having sex or doing sexual things is very animalistic. Um, I'm very I'm very sensual. Like I'm very much into smells and sounds and like responses and nonverbal kind of communication and things like that. Um, I, you know, this kind of comes back to what I was saying at the beginning, how when it comes to me being a dom, I'm not necessarily, I'm not the person who is just going to be off the bat, uh, you know, first conversation, I'm going to dom you, blah, 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 you know, um, I, I don't know. And it's fine for some people and, you know, no judgment for that, but for me, I prefer getting to know people uh, that I play with and, you know, getting to see what makes them tick. And it just makes the playtime a whole lot more fun for me and for them, really, uh, I find. Um, so which which is kind of like how I identify as a, which is why I can say I identify as a soft dom. Because um, I'm not, like, I like, I, the way I feel is like I like to earn submission um, as opposed to demanding it. Um, so, you know, I found that can be off-putting for some people actually, but uh, I enjoy, I enjoy playing that way. Um, yeah. And, and like primal, I'm just, you know, uh, you know, sweaty, smelly, <laughs> uh, scratches and, and, and grabbing and all that good stuff. Um, growling and and all that kind of stuff is just you know right up my alley it's what i enjoy so much so you you touched on uh being a soft dom mm-hmm. um because and, and you did make a really good statement where like you don't want to force anyone's submission and i hear a lot of people call themselves doms and they're expecting the submissive to automatically submit to them and don't kind of build that um, relationship or dynamic where someone feels comfortable submitting to them. So you said being a soft dom, you're you're basically allowing you're not you're not demanding it. You're allowing them to come into it on their own, to come into submission on their own to you, basically. Right. I want to earn it. Um, right. Like I mean, there's no reason any submissive person should just instantly want to submit to me. And they don't know me, it's like that. For what? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it's a it's a hell of a lot more fun for me <laughs> if you know I've earned the trust of that person, and you know I know that they want to do those things for me. They have a desire to do it. Uh, you know, that's that's the part I really really enjoy. That sounds um, easier in a way. Basically, <laughs> like you're, you're not, you're allowing it to organically form, um, basically, and not, not, not easy. Like, oh, it's just gonna be easy. I mean, easy as in, you're not, you're not making this person feel like they need to do this. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Um, so you, you also say you're a sadistic daddy dog. Mm-hmm. 
So tell tell me about that a little bit, because some say like the daddy is supposed to be more nurturing and caring, but then you have the sadist side. Uh, so tell us a little bit about those. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I am caring, absolutely. And there's many ways that a person, you know, a person can be caring as a as a daddy dom. I will. I will cook for uh, my subs. I will, uh, you know, cradle and, and and cuddle with them and everything like that. But also, um, if they're into, for instance, like impact, I, I'll wail on an ass too, you know, <laughs> and provide, you know, care, you know, aftercare for that. And, you know, I'll, I'll, aside from just physical stuff, um, I'm very much into degradation and humiliation and stuff like that. But to me, creating that, you know, I was actually just talking to one of my partners about this a few, a couple of days ago. I sometimes feel like people who play as sadists, um, they are a little too much into it <laughs> in a way. I don't know if, it, if that makes any sense, but like whoever I'm playing with, no matter what absolute, you know, whatever filthy, <laughs> uh, you know, mean things I say to them in the, in the space of playing with them, they can always know, you know, that exists in that space and that they can come to me for comfort and security and things like that and know that those things exist in those spaces only right um and and you know that for me is the daddy part of it because um, i want i want whoever i'm with to feel cared for and uh, cared for and understood and um and loved so yeah so I'm, i don't think those two things are necessarily uh, mutually exclusive um but that's kind of how i like to to deal in those spaces it seems like you got like a good combo going on these things and it works out for you well <laughs> yeah i try you know um you know like when i was really first starting you know i've, I've got adhd and one of uh, uh the things that you know, almost is common with most people with adhd is one of our favorite hobbies is researching stuff uh, so like when I really started getting into identifying what my roles would be in the BDSM community, I did a lot of research, especially at the beginning, you know, when I was learning how to, what domination is and, um, you know, what that relationship means to people. Um, I, I found out very quickly who I didn't want to be, you know, and that was one of those, you know, fake dom type people who just, like, we're, like I was saying earlier, just like demanding things from people and and not really taking the time to build a actual dynamic with someone, right? So um, I found out that it's, I didn't want to be that type of dominant um, and worked to develop skills so that I can, you know, build good relationships with people and, and then have the fun after that. Um, and then you, you did say like you like to um, build these dynamics 
and it makes your play sessions better. Can you tell us about some of the dynamics you built in the lifestyle? Um, which ones have been your best or most memorable versus have you had any bad dynamics? <laughs> um, well, I have, I, I did um, have a really good um, uh, dynamic as, you know, as a daddy and uh, at the time my partner was in middle. Um, and it was really enjoyable. I, like for me, even having done, you know, even having been in BDSM for about four years, it still isn't a very long time in my opinion. So there's still a lot of stuff that I haven't gone as deep with as I, as I would like to. Um, there, so, so considering that, um, I, there's a lot of, what I want to say, um, experience in dynamics that I want to achieve. So I'm like, I'm in the process of kind of doing that with one person or one of my, one of my partners right now, um, which is an absolutely lovely feeling. Um, I mean, I, I've definitely had some bad experiences as well. And I find that, you know, that, and it was, it was, it was really rough. I, <laughs> it kind of knocked my confidence back by a bit. Um, so I'm trying to work right now to build my confidence back in what I do. Cause I, I know I'm very good as a daddy, um, as a, as a sadist, you know, in all, in all of the roles that I, that I identify in, but, um, you know, that bad experience, I mean, there was, uh, an absolute trash human of a being <laughs> of a human, uh, that really, um, in our local community even was not, and he was, he was incredibly, um, destructive and the, um, that experience with him and his partner who I was actually trying to build a, you know, try to build a relationship with, um, there was, you know, gaslighting and all kinds of stuff. And, um, it was tough, but I'm building back from that. It was a couple of years ago. I'm trying to build back from that and take what I can to learn from that experience and try to, um, be good to people and make people feel, um, again, cared for. Because the, the BDSM community can be so toxic. And, and um, that's why I find that it's, in, that's why I feel like it, it's important to build more community, um, especially amongst, you know, black people and non-white you know, black, uh, non-white practitioners of BDSM, um, because this whole thing isn't like, isn't built for us, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, I won't say it won't, isn't built for us, but it's not focused on us. It's not, it doesn't consider us, you know, the consideration is as white people as the default. So yeah, sorry, I know I went, went off the rail a little bit there. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I've had some good experiences 
you know, when I'm able to take things slow and get to know the person. And, you know, like I said, I'm just doing this with my, with one of my uh, partners right now, or actually two of my partners. Um, and it's, it's really fun. That part of it to me is really fun and enjoyable. So what, um, what part of it makes it the most fun and enjoyable with the current part? Um, like I just, you know, I really, really enjoy seeing people enjoy themselves and getting the feedback and, um, when people, you know, see what I'm doing for them and, and they, you know, my partners see you know, my care about them and my, my love for them and they return it. And, um, I hear them tell me that they want, you know, they want to serve me or they want to be submissive to me. And it just, you know, it just makes my heart feel good. <laughs> it's, it's always good. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what, what's some advice that you have for those that are interested in BDSM King lifestyle and, either getting into it or at least going further into what they've already learned so far? Um, my advice is number one, take your time. Um, there are a lot of people out there willing to take advantage of new people and that desire that they have to really get into it. And I get it. I get it. Um, but you have to be careful. Um, you know, you can vet people, and, you know, that only goes so far, really, because, you know, abusers aren't abusive to everybody. Um, but there are a lot of abusive people out there willing to take advantage of new people. So I would say, number one, take your time, do your research, find sources that you can trust in for that. Um, have fun. <laughs> I think sometimes people really get really serious about this stuff. And I understand it. And there is definitely a certain amount of seriousness we have to engage with but also it's supposed to be a good time uh it's supposed to be it can be therapeutic and it can um be really good so you know take your time for that and and really you know have try to do the best to um, enjoy yourself and find people who you are comfortable with um to enjoy these things with. And um, yeah, I think that's the most important thing. And uh, also, I think the other thing, the other advice I have is within all of that, find your own path. There are a lot of people out there who believe there's one way to do BDSM that, you know, if you're not doing it that way, I once, I once even got in an argument well, not even an argument, this person was just uh, defending their position that, you know, BDSM play has to involve sex, which is ridiculous to me. Uh, it does not. It absolutely does not. But, you know, they, I, I, I replied to something they put on a, on a public forum, and then, you know, they messaged me and said they had been doing it for this long, and blah, 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 and like trying to, like, check my credentials, basically, on this, and it's just... It's ridiculous. No, there's no. Tell you how to engage in this when it's your life and your experience. Exactly. So you know, let your life and your experience inform what you do. Be safe. Be considerate. 
try to cause as little harm as you possibly can and and um you know just be good to each other <laughs> uh is would be my, my my main advice of course oh what's the one lesson you can tell the viewers that you've learned during your time in the lifestyle um it kind of just ties right back in with my advice uh just take your time there's no hurry uh, find people who you click with. Um, don't, just don't rush. Like, you know, it just, because it gets real heavy real fast in this community, right? Um, but if you can manage to just kind of take your time to really get to know who you're, who you're, you're engaging with, um, it's it's so much better. It's so much better. Because, you know, BDSM, kink play, relationships, dynamics, all those things are really deep. Um, and so it's, it's important to know who you're engaging with so that you can minimize the amount of potential harm that can happen. So that's, that's what I've learned. So last question, and I'm going to let you go because it's still early. I want you to enjoy your Sunday. <laughs> uh, where, where can the viewers best find you? Um, that way, if they have any questions, want to reach out for information. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I am on Fat Life as Nova Black. That's N-O-V-A-B-L-A-Q. Uh, also, same uh, for my email. Uh, Nova Black at Outlook.com. Feel free to email me. Um, that's about that's about it as far as my kink uh, situation and uh, where I'm available. But yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to uh, if anyone wants to pick my brain or look for any sort of resources. I'm happy to answer those questions. I really appreciate you coming and doing this interview with us. Um, this has been another episode of Unconventional Ways, and we've just interviewed with Nova Black. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Have a good day.